Slope. I'm Ewan, I'm joined by Harry, Ryan and Greg. We're looking ahead to Hibs going back to Easter Road on Saturday as we host Dundee United and on the back of a 3-2 win away at Motherwell. Greg, how you doing, my man? Not bad, mate, yeah. I'm good, I'm good. Harry, back down in London after the game yesterday. Um, happy to be home or... Well, mate, you get you get in the rules. Happy Hibs is happy Harry, so we're we're feeling good after yesterday, mate. And aye, the train train wasn't wasn't the ideal, but at least it wasn't the after a defeat, which I was kind of expecting yesterday. So aye, happy Harry. Uh, Ryan, a much better experience on uh, yesterday compared to last Monday for sure, right? Absolutely, absolutely, man. Make make sure they sitting beside you, yeah. Oh, he was sitting beside me, yeah, clown. Well, rather he was sitting beside me then. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to, just like last week, it seemed to go down pretty well, we're going to get straight into listener questions this week. Yeah, we posed it, obviously, Motherwell, Dundee United, and sort of transfer window. We're obviously, what, nine days into the window now, and not really too much happening um, in terms of incomings, or really outgoings as of yet. Bojang's obviously moved on, though, Harry, and let's maybe just touch on this first, because I don't think we've had any questions in on it. Um... This Bojang situation, obviously, we're not don't want to speculate or anything like that. But what what do you make of the whole the whole saga? Hang on, me first. First and foremost, football clubs have got a responsibility to take care of their players. I think that's valid. But for me, it just it seems like someone who's thought he was going to light the world up and he's come over and he's not done very well. Um, a lot of it's very feeling sorry for himself. Um, and some of the claims are just misfounded or stupid. Uh, I don't think he understands how this tax system works in Scotland. Um, Hibs aren't pot capable of adding funny taxes to his contract. Um, and then contracts on terms of loans isn't something that Hibs can shift the goalposts on. Um, and then the, like, I've I lived as a student and I've got mates who are students and they've lived in a lot worse places than Bojang was living in. Um, calling that a prison cell was just embarrassing on his part. I, think. Had it. I, had it. I was in your flat in Stirling and it was I've got no ill will towards Bojang. If things don't work out, he's, he's not, in my opinion, good enough to play in Scottish football. Um, but yeah, just don't don't cry. Um like that afterwards, it was a bit embarrassing, um, and that's yeah. been my take on it. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of different sort of rumours circling and stuff, Greg, but obviously, like you say, if we don't know what's happening, we can't really comment on it, but it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it, just to come out like, like that. Potentially, maybe something's lost in translation as well. Uh, I think he, he's better that it's not worked out and he's away home. Um, back, to, back, to, back to his parent club. Um, I mean, the, the taxi situation's a disgrace. You know, it was about 10 minutes away from the training centre, just walk. You know, I know, he, I know he, he made a comment about being pissed off that there was no transport to training. I mean, you're a grown adult, you know, you, you can walk five, ten minutes to, the, to your work. Aye. It's not difficult. I mean, he's obviously over here with an attitude that, you know, he should be, he should be treated like a king. And, and to be honest, it's a very football club, you know, people need to mark in and, and, and 
work hard. He, he didn't really seem like he, he wanted to know. We obviously said that the manager shouted at him. What's he want to do? Like, he's not come here for an easy ride. As I don't know. I mean, managers must enjoy, players must enjoy time, knowing like, that the managers uh, putting his foot down with the cl- the players as well. Maybe something that yeah. we didn't find Johnson was maybe doing as much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the manager's there to, to manage ultimately, and if, if he's not doing it, he's going to raise his voice. It's like, you know, this is this is professional football at the highest level in the country. I don't know what he's expecting, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, uh, the flat that he had. It, really didn't look that bad and the club's not going to fully furnish it with 70 inch TVs and that so <laughs> you know what I mean it's like yeah it's let, let me say we, we don't know exactly what happened but you know it might come out that maybe the club has absolutely done something wrong and I'm sure I'm sure we will hold our hands up if we've said anything there that doesn't to be the case, but on the outside looking in, that certainly appears to be right. Right, and just before yeah. we move on, I just want to give a big shout out to the guy that was wearing a cabbage top with Bojang 17 on the back. <laughs> that, <laughs> was, that was a, one of the highlights of yesterday. <laughs> Jesus, mate, come on, <laughs> right, Ryan. Um, we've not had any incomings as she like uh, in January so far, but first question from Elaine Lumsden, right before we started recording, three of our young players returning from loans at Edinburgh. Uh, do any of them make our first team squad for the rest of the season? So that's Emmanuel Johnson, Alan Delphier, and Jack Bryden. Um, I mean, Jack Bryden's a centre half, so if if he was kind of kept in and around the squad to to be cover as opposed to Will Fish, uh, Delphier's uh, a bit of a funny one because he doesn't really have a set position. He's quite versatile, so I don't know if there are maybe two that would be kept there or thereabouts the first team squad for cover for injuries but as for breaking into the first team I don't see it from from any of them Emmanuel Johnson could possibly be put back out in loan or his contract might run down he just doesn't look to be good enough to break in as an interesting one obviously we've seen Jao Balde is that right move yeah, from yeah, East yeah. Fife and then to Arbroath so I noticed on the wee sort of press release that Hibs done, it did say they're going to be joining up with the development team full-time for the rest of the season. So I don't get the impression, Harry, that these are going to be, you know, potentially going back out on loan this month. Yeah, no, it's... Um, I, I, being honest, I've not really followed their development since going to Edinburgh City. Um, I, I know there's high hopes for Jack Bryden, so I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of had like a cameo towards the end of the season. Like if we finished bottom six, I'm always a fan of throwing teams in, or sorry, throwing youngsters in. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think as Ryan said, either of them are going to make like permanent fixtures for the end of the season. Right. Sticking with the transfer side of things just now, Greg, Bob Stewart, when will we see some sign of transfer movement at Easter Road? Other cl- clubs around us are moving at pace. We can't stand still after yesterday's win. We need to get in there. Uh, we got there in the end, but the result could have, e- have easily gone the other way. Um, I never felt like Motherwell were going to win the game. I, I don't know about you, but transfer-wise, Greg, um, would you like to see something start ticking along? Are you surprised that there's not really been anything yet? I would like to see something start ticking along nine days ago, if I'm honest. Um, the only danger is that we get to the end of the month and start Mm. Panic Bayern, we've seen that before. Um, I'm hoping that the club's taking their time and picking out specific targets that that would add to the squad. Otherwise, it, it's really no use. But um, obviously, all the chatter of the director of football coming in possibly as well. I don't know if that's holding things up, but I would like to see something happen um, this week. 
possibly starting next week at the very latest, if I'm honest. Harry, you 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 obviously didn't join us last week, um, but I think we referenced a tweet that you had made. Are you surprised that there hasn't been more infamins or outgoings? I guess. But you just from my perspective, you've got a recruitment team. Like, why why does it need to have a window open for you to talk to other clubs about their players? Like, I'm I'm not trying to send you. We should be tapping up players. I mean, speak to clubs, being like we're interested in this player. What's what's it going to take to make it happen come January? Like, opening negotiations from January first makes no sense to me. Lee Johnson's been banging the drum since well before the World Cup started, saying this squad's not good enough. So come January, the squad should be chopped and changed. Like, I'm not I'm not like. People are like, we need to have four like first team caliber players in January. It's not going to happen, but we need to see movement. Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't have had at least like one solid player coming in January first able to play. Like, mm-hmm. from my perspective, it's stupid and it's lazy. Like, as I say, I, I don't know the ins and outs of working at a football club, but it's something that's always confused me. I just don't understand why movement hasn't started yet. And yeah. Bojang was always going to leave. So, why wasn't he? Why didn't we get rid first day? Like, Fans need to see some form of action from the club, especially after a couple of the results that we've seen of late. Yeah, right, Ryan. Sticking with transfers this time, maybe more outgoing. Few people are asking about Ryan Porteous. Mason Forrest, is it better to get rid of Porteous now and get a little fee for him, or are we better keeping him and trying to push for Europe to acquire more money through cup competitions and competing better in the league to try and push above Aberdeen and St Mirren for fourth? And then that's where it ended a bit, but ultimately Hearts for third place as well. I guess maybe a better way, what would be the number, the magic number maybe for you to, to think, yeah, we should be looking to accept that this window? Uh, see, it's, it's a difficult one to put a number on it because it depends on what other clubs value him at, given that he's only got six months left in his contract. Uh, I mean, I don't know, would 300000 250 be be too much for a club to pay for him? I, I don't know if that, that would greatly benefit us in terms of sporting success from now until the end of the season. I mean, mm-hmm. He showed yesterday that he, he made a bit of a difference, especially with two of the goals, so quite torn on it. I'd be inclined to keep him because he's obviously... I mean, what are you talking position-wise in the league? Is it about 150,000, I believe, per position? Yeah, it's quite, a, it's quite a sizable fee. Like, So I, I would consider at this point, if it's not going to be a fee that, that's worthy of a couple of places in the league, then you're as well just keeping him. Yeah, Greg, you were quite vocal in the summer yeah. transfer window yeah. uh, about, you know, why would you move him on for a small fee? Still have the same opinion? Sort of Robson has asked the same questions. Do we sell if the money's right or keep him until the summer and get nothing for him? Yeah, I'll hold my hands up and say we should have got rid. Um, about a month ago when it looked like his feet was near it, but you can clearly see that, that, that he has bothered. I don't know what's happened since, but for me, I, I would rather let him go for nothing and keep him to the end of the season than, than, than let him go halfway through the season because a player like Porteous who doesn't doesn't come around that often, especially someone who cares so much for the club, he can see his passion mm. for the club and and who would we replace him with? It is my biggest concern as well. Yeah, I think I'd rather have a, I'd rather have a longer period of time to replace him than, than a January yeah. window. So that, for me. He's got. He, for me, I, I'd be, I'd be asking him to stay until the summer. Uh, in the summer, like you can say your goodbyes or whatever. But until then, I, I, I would like to keep him uh, and see him at the club and see him turning these sort of performances week in, week out. Yeah, I think there's a few things in it for me. Like, if I think regardless of fee, if we are to accept, well, look, as we're recording, I don't even think there's been a bid made. So you know, we're all assuming that something's going to come in, but. I think it's important that if we if we are to accept something, it needs to be done fairly early in the window. 
we we can't be accepting bids on the 30th of January who have given ourselves 24, 48 hours to try and replace them because, you know, even if you do get get a fee in that you would say is acceptable at that point, you're then trying to flip it quickly. And I think we've actually got a game on the 31st as well. I think when I went to Ross County, it's been moved from the 1st. It may be moved to, from the 2nd to the 1st, but I think it's been the 1st to the 31st. And so I, I think it's important that if he does move on, it needs to happen, Harry, fairly early in this window, probably... Before the derby, if it I was, would, I would like to think that irrespective, they've got his replacement, like at least ideas of a replacement lined up. Like, we've yeah. again, we've known for months that he's leaving, so it shouldn't be a 48 hour scramble at the end of the window if it is two days to go. There should be someone lined up to come in, regardless of whether he stays or goes. Like, I'd, again, I don't know the financial situation, but I'd like to think that we've got it budgeted that we can replace him as soon as he goes. The thing for me, in terms of the bid. I would take a small fee if it meant that we got a um, sell-on clause. Like I, I think, I think Portchess. Like we've seen the development of a few players going to Italy from the Scottish game. Um, I think Portchess would thrive if he went to like Udinese is one that's been rumoured most heavily. I think he'd thrive if he went there if he somehow even yeah. got like a fifteen percent sell-on somehow. I would absolutely love that. I think as well. Like, do you think, in a sense, for for the player, a pre-contract could probably be more lucrative than a moving. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, there's no signing on fee, etc. So, you know, if I'm a player, if I'm moving for free, I'm wanting my agent maybe to negotiate a higher sell on fee, eh, not sell on fee, uh, eh, signing on fee, right, and stuff like that. So, it'll be interesting to see how it I goes get, on. I, I guess it, the alternative is that we take a fee for him now and get him back on loan to the summer. Um, and then I yeah. sell on as well. But that, that, that's probably the ideal scenario, if I'm honest. Aye, but is that going to happen? A sell on. And get them back on loan, but like know, if you're if you're the if you're the buying club in that scenario, why would you would just say, "Oh, we'll just sign on a pre-contract"? Yeah. Well, then I, mean, I know, I know, about it. it's just it depends. The, the only reason anybody buys them just now is if they want to make sure they get them above competition. In my opinion, mm. so like if they like some Watford or whatever feel they've got a strong enough squad, but they want Porteous as a like project for the yeah. future, then it makes sense to input everything. Yeah, right. Let's move on to a few other players that excelled yesterday. Portress very was very impressive yesterday. Uh, we've had a question coming from Jaden. If McGeady keeps up these performances and doesn't get injured, um, would you extend his contract? Clearly, still has the quality. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, if he's performing at that level that he was yesterday, um, absolutely tortured Paul again in the first half yesterday. Um, look, it's one game, but if he performs. At that level or close to the rest of the season, surely it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think I would torture Paul McGinn if I'm honest, but you can only beat who's in front of you. Um, it's not just the way he plays; it's the way he goes about his business, the technique he's got, the vision he's got it all. And regardless of age, you know, a lot's been made of it. But for me, that performance is someone as well. We've actually been looking for someone to come in and affect the games that we've been playing without Boyle, and he done that yesterday. You know, he got an assist, and I thought it was very impressive from what I've seen. Anyway, moving forward, uh, Ryan, if McGeady can stay fit, him being on the one wing might then bring on Ellie Yuan on the other side even more. Um, since Boyle went out, he's ultimately been our only real threat from the wide areas because we've seen. Kyle McGinnis line up on the right-hand side of midfield and Harry's been very vocal about um, how we're wasting them out there. Do you think having the two out-and-out wingers could ultimately benefit the pair of them? 
Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I believe when you've got like a double pronged attack or two good wingers, it, it gives you great balance and and threat on either side. So there's there's never a predictability about your partner play or where the danger is going to come from. And we kind of seen that yesterday. Although McGeady was the one that kind of stood out, Eliyuan made a, a fair contribution with it with an assist and various other bits of play, but. For me, going forward, what I'd love to see McGeady do is just obviously stay fit and perform at that level consistently because he's more than capable of it. He's a, he's a great outball. Like, he can take us so far up the pitch just with dribbles or beating a man. Very, very important for, for where we are at the minute in terms of creativity and mm. ball retention. I thought he was superb at getting the, getting the team up the pitch in, in times yeah. which, in which it was important, like in counter-attacks. Harry, we're 20 minutes in and we've not spoken about a player that scored the hat-trick. Um, we've had a few uh, comments in about Kevin Nisbet, LG and crew, uh, Kevin Nisbet, Kevin Nisbet or Kevin Nisbet. Uh, Kevin Wilson's second part of his question. Uh, I'll come back to the first part in a bit. Statement, not a question. Kevin Nisbet needs an extended and highly improved contract immediately. Uh, and someone else has said something along those lines as well, I'm sure, around how we... Fortress is likely to move on for a nominal fee. We need to make sure not to make the same mistake. I just <coughs> the question. Um, aye, Kevin Nisbet, contract. Um, the just big contract, stuff. the big contract we supposedly offered Ryan Porteous, put that on the table for Kevin Nisbet, make it a five year deal. Uh, there's there's no reason we shouldn't be paying him as one of our highest, if not a highest paid player. People like to get on his back before he got injured. He was playing in one of the worst, like attacking wise, Hibs teams we've seen in the 21st century. And a good team, that boy will score goals. He's scored five goals in five games since coming back. He has been brilliant for Hibs, and there's no reason we shouldn't treat him as such. Uh, Ryan Post has been brilliant for Hibs, and we're going to probably lose him for a free. I'd, I wouldn't take the risk with Kevin is, but I know he's just back from a long-term injury. But for me, he, he needs to stay at the club moving forward. The whole team should be built around players like that. Like, yeah, that if we can keep him and Kyle McGinnis fit, I think that we're on for a very good yeah. core to the team. Yeah, it does... The injury worrying you at all in terms of offering them a long term deal? No, absolutely not. I think players get injured, that's how they come back from it. You scored five and five, you can't really ask for much more. Um, I mean, that, that, that third goal just epitomizes them yesterday, you know, the movement yeah. and the space and then the finish. And he's a top, top player. Um, and he, and he probably should be one of the highest earners at the football club. Um, uh, like Harry's right, the service wasn't there for him previously, but now you've got Ian McGeady, um, Boyle when he's back or whatever. So you've got you've got options there, and like Josh Campbell set him up. You know, players from midfield contributing now, so he's got plenty of service there. And mm-hmm. as long as he continues to score, then, then clubs will play form. We need to make sure that we don't do we don't well, I said, have another don't situation. Be, don't want to be in the exact same position in a year, do we? And exactly. it probably is again, we're not privy to any of this, but we signed them from Dunfermline as a f- re- unproven at this level. So yeah. yeah, I can't imagine he's one of the higher earners on the team. And it probably is right that he would be getting a new deal. Again, had he not been injured, probably would have already had one, but we do not want to be sitting in the summer in the same position that we were last summer and then this time next year in an even worse position. Right, so again, Graham, I'm going to come straight back to you on this one because you were very vocal about this in the last, after the few the few games before Motherwell. Um, was Lee Johnson's tactical shift and subs ahead of the third goal genius or luck? Uh, 
Look. I find the, the the point being that he's moved Porcher centre midfield, he's won the ball back, he's got Campbell back up the pitch, he's played the ball in. You know, he's proactive yesterday. You could at two one up he's made changes. Mm-hmm. I think what I enjoyed almost the most was that we went back to a formation at the start of the season we were playing pretty well and and we seemed of it. But I thought I find it difficult to think that we can sit and criticize him when he doesn't make changes. And then when he does, and it almost immediately pays off, with two of the players that he's the subs have meant he's moved the position directly impact the goal. Yeah. In my opinion. Probably been a bit harsh, but um, yeah, look, he's <laughs> we, we we we've said it before where you know we've been shouting at him to change it and he, we probably didn't need to change it at that point yesterday. Um you could just sort of sense the tide was turning a wee bit. So fair play to him. Um, he's done his job. He's brought the subs on. They, they have made a difference. And we go 3-1 up. Unfortunately, two of the subs we brought on were culpable for the set for Motherwell's second. Though. So, if yeah, you just, want to, to like that as well. Just to chime in on the subs thing, um, being honest, he made those subs far too late. I, I was screaming from about the 60th minute because we were getting absolutely battered non-stop. And like f- fair play, and we made the changes and it resulted in us ending up winning the game. But if we if we didn't win yesterday, it would have single-handedly been down to him not changing that. Because they should have scored at least three times in the 10-minute period before he made those subs. Right. Like As I say, fair enough for making the subs and it paid off in the end. But I, I'm not clapping a boy for making subs late. He got lucky. That's it. Okay. Ryan, do you want to add anything in on there? Maybe got any credit for Lee Johnson there? Uh, I think if we're if we're gonna criticize when he doesn't get things right, I think it's only fair that we praise him. Um uh, maybe maybe they could have been done a wee bit earlier, but the fact that he was brave enough to put Stevenson in over at right back and with Porteous in midfield when he did, fair enough. The only thing I would say is uh Ewan Henderson looks a shell of a player right now. An absolute shell of a player. Yeah. He was a sub that came on in the first half, obviously. Yeah. Just, it was an um, interesting call to, for, for, I think all of us in the, in the stand were trying to play, what the fuck are we going to do here? And then I don't think you and Henderson crossed any of our minds. We were looking at the players that were warming up, like none of these have been called back yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just looks bereft of confidence. I don't know, because I don't think a spell in the team is actually going to be the best thing for him at the minute. I don't know. If a loan spell would be good for him, he just he looks like he has lost all confidence. You can see it in his body language and the way he walks about. Uh, he was, he was struggled yesterday, really. There was a few a few things, like, again, credit where credit's due, there was a few things that he did do well, but just, yeah, just, again, sort of usual for Henderson. He breezed off the ball quite easily and ultimately finds himself in good positions. Credit to him. doesn't. That's what Henderson never shies away, but, you know, he's got a chance to put McGeady through and just total misread of the situation. Uh, things that straight uh, away. That, that was not a misread, mate. That was just a massive overhead. Was just I, thought I, thought, sorry, I thought McGeady was coming short, and he sort of pinged it. But, uh, it was just bad, ultimately. But, yeah. right. Um, few different sort of any other bits of business here, I suppose. Tony Swanson, this is a true tweeter. 
actually found myself agreeing with the Sky Sports pundits. God forgive me, even boy. They can see the underlying trend that Easter Road. Why can't a lot of fans? Good result against Motherwell. If we get another result against United, is that a sign of recovery or will it compromise the changes we need to see at the club? Recruitment and policy, etc. I'm not talking about just sacking a manager. Um, I've not seen any of the Sky coverage, but the tone of it, I'm assuming there was a lot made of our signings and stuff. Greg, I know you had a game... So you were watching on Sky. Did you see any of the pundit stuff before or after? No. I seen Joe Murphy was on it and decided to pack up. I actually didn't see anything, but I caught the end of the first half on the way back from a game. And a bit of a worrying statistic is that I think they said in five of the last seven games, have you conceded two or more goals? Which brings me on to my next question. When do we start? Asking questions of David Marshall. Uh, it's an interesting um topic of conversation. It's probably good that you brought up when Liam was on. And does saves to goals conceded ratio? We were very critical of Matt Macy last year for a lot of things, yeah. distribution, etc. But um, David Marshall is on similar metrics, probably on everything other than distribution, performing equally as poorly. Um, it's, it's difficult, though, because you look at the goals yesterday, right? There's not a lot you can do. Aye. So, you and you look at the goals against Celtic, let's say, mm-hmm. is there much you can do? Are we giving up, perhaps, a lot? Because I don't know, it's, it's a stat that I, I don't really understand, but if I can recall right... Last season, our expected goals against was pretty much where we were at. Whereas, and I don't know what it's like this season, so I don't know if we're giving up a lot more opportunities this year, which obviously, you know, good opportunities. But, aye, Marshall, after a good start, it does, doesn't even feel like he's made a save for a while. You know what I mean? Like, one year went, ooh. He made a decent save yesterday from a pop shot, but, you know, that, like, we always go back to it, but Marciano, you, you thought... Or you could remit, you could you could name three saves that he's made and you went, Oh, I you know, they're they're good saves, but I don't think that's been the case with Marshall for a while, out with the penalties against Livingston. Like the other two. Um I was I was completely on board with Marshall until a certain um frosted hair tip loser um said that he's been incredible for Hibs. Um, and ever since he said that I've kind of been uh of it. And I'm joking, I, I like David Marshall. Um <clears throat> One one thing I would like, it's it's difficult because for their first goal yesterday, it's not the keeper's fault, but I just I don't think Marshall's been particularly great in one on ones all season. Um, like it's it's difficult because it's it is almost a 50-50 to an extent because it's either the striker's going to score like if the keeper saves it, brilliant, and it's a great save, and you can't really knock him too much. But I don't think he's really had that X factor as such. Yeah, that's missing. I think at the game oh. yesterday, uh, Ryan, I think you were in agreement. I thought Marshall should have been coming out and collecting it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, back I was going to say that I think one one on one is probably one of his weaker areas of his game. If you notice, um, the goal we conceded against Hearts, the third oh, one, he was all over the place. Uh, and on a number of different occasions, he's been quite slow coming off his line this season. I think it's probably one of his poorer areas. Yeah, he doesn't. I, I think it also needs to be caveated by I think we're more exposed at the back at the moment yeah and I think yeah I, th- I think we're more exposed at the back and I think maybe last year I played defensively better 
I think under Maloney, we didn't under really, Maloney, I, I don't feel like under Maloney, we really can see that a lot of goals. <laughs> Mate, I swear we drew every game now, now under Maloney. But we just didn't score any. Whereas with this season, I feel like we're conceding a lot. Quite a big emphasis on trying to keep clean sheets and, and start from being defensively solid and then build on that as a foundation. Right, another, I guess, negative point uh, from yesterday. Um, Kev's asked about this. So if Cadden's out injured, which, Greg, I think you said this in the commentary, it's a hamstring, which we know is probably four to six weeks. I don't know what to read into it, but I noticed he was walking it out on the pitch at full time. But, yeah, do we replace him with Megwa or change the shape? I'd personally start him against United. Look, for me, I think you need to do everything you can to keep the team as similar. I think 4-3-3 has produced our best stuff this season. The front three, none of them deserve to be moved. <coughs> Midfield worked okay yesterday. But, yeah, what do you do at right back? Um, Same one before Saturday. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, look, I've watched Megwa a few times. He, he's good. He is good. He, he's physical, but it's a big ask to chuck him in there. That's a really big ask. I don't like Cadden at right back. I don't like Will Fish at right back. So, really, what do you do? I thought Campbell done very well at right back, out with the goal. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but then at the same time, he's done things right, but then he's led to a goal. So. Is it likely that it's someone like Glenn Middleton that would be running at the fullback? Uh, and I don't think any of other fans of Glenn Middleton, but a sort of pacey winger, experienced pacey winger. Is that the sort of opposition you would want to bring Mego in for his first sort of senior start, Ian? Uh, see, I, I wouldn't be against putting Campbell in there from the start. I think, yeah, he did make a big error for the goal, but he's going to give you 100% for 90 minutes. He's going to work his socks off. He's neat enough and tidy enough on the ball. Uh, he puts his heart and soul into everything. So. But it probably wouldn't be an ideal game to throw a, a young laddie in for his debut. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot riding on the game as well. Did Josh Campbell play at right back or right wing back in pre season, or have I made that up? No, no, he did. He did. I, he I think he's played on both sides, actually. And I, I think managers trust him and they know that he's very versatile and he'll put everything into kind of adapting his game to wherever he's going to be playing. Mm. Well, I can see happening. I think, I think he'll put Stevens at right back. Could possibly. Yeah, he finished at right back, didn't he? So. But, but, then, but then I'm not really convinced with Chabriah at the moment. He looks. Fed up, he looks demotivated. Look, can we just call uh, what it is? He's been one of our worst players this season when he's played. But, like, yeah, know, but look at the circumstances. No, I, no, I, 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 I think it's absolutely, I, 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 absolutely. I, I don't, but I don't like, think, I don't think, I don't think a miles off it, but I think yeah, it can't be easy for him, let's be honest. And I know it's his easy. job, but no, no, absolutely. It's just, I don't know. I just, yesterday. I watched him closely and I felt like he just doesn't want to be on the pitch. It just, yeah, you can see it. He does look... Was it their second goal when he didn't even go up for the heater and he took, he took two steps back and just... That was just after the second goal, mate. They nearly fucking scored. All right, so All see, right. see that, that for me is a, a telltale sign that he's maybe not fancying it, which is a worry. Aye. I think when you look at his form, even just post-World Cup, or even does take the game before it gives away a sloppy penalty at Kelly. Come back. And then does the same against Levy. It's awful at Ibrox, to be honest. 
does the same he does against Kelly when he comes off the bench against Lovey. And then comes Billy, boy, the Perhaps one three two. Let's not bully this <laughs> poor boy. He's been, he's been aye, let's get back Harry, I'm always, I'm always gonna come to you. Kevin's question, obviously, which basically he says, Would you start Meg or change the shape? Would you be wanting to do everything you can to stay with a flat back four? I would first of all get rid of Will Fish. Um, he's not there as cover. He's completely pointless. Let's right, stop slagging. Let's stop slagging, boys. No, because Jabari could come good. Like, no, no offense to Will Fish, but he's, he's not seen as good enough to play for the club. He he should if if he's good enough to play for Hibs, he should come on at right back in his position yesterday. No okay. questions asked. He That's shouldn't fair. be at the club anymore. Meg, uh, what, was was like, some... what, right? I was thinking about this during the week. After the Hearts game, sort of middle of last week, I was thinking, why did we just brush under the carpet that he played three times for Stockport? Like, genuinely. Because I felt like we were like, ah, you know, he only played three times, but I was playing our circumstances. Well, Mate, circumstances I don't think we need to be on somewhere else. I thought he just... He's thought absolutely he dreadful. And, do you know what? My United just chuck, have loads of players and just chuck them yeah. a bit. And it's clear that he's not good enough. In answer to the question, I think we should start Meg one. I think that Campbell's been far too good in midfield to waste him at right back. I, I think Campbell being near him and able to support him and give that energy on the wing the whole game. Um, because like the thing is, if, if we throw in a situation that Cadden's been in where he's in an isolated situation against two players, he's going to get bullied and all the Hibs fans are going to get on his back. But if we put him in a situation where he's got cover in the form of Campbell or um, Yuan, if Yuan decides to track back, then, you know, I, I think it's a fair situation to put him in it against Dundee United. But, yeah, and the thing is, like, look at Josh Doig. No, nobody expected him to be as good as he was. Like, we just, he had to took a chance on him and look at where he is now. No, like, I'm, I'm not saying Meg was going to be the next Doig, but I, I see value in giving youngsters a chance when there's opportunity for it. Well, well Doig have took a chance, though. So. How not? The, the boy the boy was playing consistent football in League Two in Scotland and he became an instant starter for Hibs because he had, was given pre season. Where's Megma being playing in the development team? That's a chance. I don't just think it was a chance because we had a full pre season to look at him. We're halfway through the season. I think it is a chance now if you play him. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, not that's if, what if, he, if he played right back, I would want probably Campbell in front of him. And you probably wouldn't need to change his shape, but you'd have to put someone else in front of him that would actually track back and no Yuan, because I feel like Yuan would do track back. I agree, yeah. You can't isolate the boy and draw if he's playing alongside Rocky or Portrush, then that's fine because they've been pretty decent at the back, I'd say, this year. So you, you can't leave him exposed, though, if you do play him. I just I do think it would be a risk to play him. Uh, Especially against I, someone like Middleton, who he's, like, he's probably the best player in the world. But I might know me, Middleton. I was just absolutely. You know, nah, to be fair, Middleton played left mid for them yesterday. Right. I think what I think is going to happen to answer Kevin's question is we'll go back to a 3 5 2 and Campbell will be a wing back. Which Paul, Hanl- Paul Hanlon's better than a 3 5 2, if I'm honest, on the left side. That's what I think is going to happen, but it's not necessarily what I want to happen. Right. A few more questions, then we're going to get on to the Marvel game. So, uh, Graham, back to uh, transfers here, actually. Where are the January additions to the managers, three managers, player squad? What? Where are the, oh, where are the January additions to the managers? And then I think you should put quote marks three managers, players, squads. So basically, saying where are the January signings? Um, I don't know, mate. Um, I'll be lost in the post. Um, just in case he was asking Sahan about do we need to sign three players, right back, left back, centre midfield, please. Oh, and centre back, not right back, left back, centre back. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not really sure what Graham's asking then. I'm sorry. Um, apologies, Graham. Right. Um, Greg, your pal Sean. Two questions here. Mm. Sorry, one question on this time. He's, he's, oh, thank God. What is your guy's favourite Hibs friendly you've been to? I don't need Greg's answer as, in, as it's Newcastle because he's a closet magpie. Um, yeah, it's absolutely not. I hate <laughs> Newcastle. It's like a small club with. Yeah, can I who get think, who, think, who think they're big time because you've had a bit of money pumped into them? Can I guess what, one is thing. what is yours bolting away? Correct. What a day. <laughs> what a day out that was. Superb. I can honestly say I don't think I've got a favourite preseason friendly. Oh, Ryan, do you know yours? Because I'm saving the best till last. Uh, I'm probably just going to go with one. I came with Harry's Mine, mine's is just recent because you know it was after a time we'd all been shut up in that Arsenal last season. Arsenal was good actually. Aye. Uh, it's a fun one to be fair. Math, yeah, I'm not... he's five away because he no, I, he's five. You're, not, you're in this. I think you're in about the right area of the world, I believe. And again, nope. let's see if I can get. Oh, I was going to say, our broth away when Dodge missed the penalty. Because you talk that was a good one all the time. Can I just say, right, uh, one that we get quite regularly that I quite enjoy, I do quite enjoy a wee trip oh, over no. the water to East End Park. I do quite like that in pre season. I know Harry's Montrose. No, no, Montrose was in his five game. I went there. That ah, rough right. one was class because Deutsch hit the world's worst penalty. Best away day ever in a Belgium. friendly was Carlisle. That was like, oh Cal- my god, what a day! <laughs> 3 1 down, 1 4 3. Josh Campbell just got a double. Aye. It did indeed. He scored the winner. Oh. I never went to that. It was midweek, wasn't it? Uh, nah, me, me and Craig drove. Honestly, it was just... You know the Class. days where everything just goes right, man. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Absolute scenes. Everything goes right, but you're free one dude at one point. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And Ken, Ken oh. who I'm a big fan of, I think she's class. See that woman that goes about and dances at all the hips games and just has a... Mate, she says that far away from me that I used to know that. She, was, oh. she was there giving her big licks in it. I was like, fair play, honestly. If you're having fun at the football, that's what it's all about. Right, uh, last question. I've sent you this in the group chat earlier just to make sure my, my interpretation of this is right. So it's coming from you and Mick99. Based on the previous seasons, going back to 2014-15, the average points to avoid bottom two... It's 35 plus, and that's at the end of the season. To make up to make the top six pre-split is 45 plus. How confident are you that we'll either avoid relegation or make the top six with 26 points and there's 12 games left? I'm firstly going to say I think 45 to make the top six is a bit. Last year, 40 points got in for two teams. 48 got fourth. So, I said last week, I think we'll get top six. I mean, like, and I stick by that. I'm still pretty confident that we'll scrape our way into the top six. I don't think it'll be resounding. I'm not sitting here saying after one win that we're now going to run, kick on and go on a massive run. The fixtures are kind in the league, but I'm pretty confident we'll make top six. But that's what I said last week. Um, Greg, what about you? Uh, nah, I'm not confident still. Like, I, I need to see more. To be honest, I need to see better defending for a start. I just think that we'll lose too many silly goals and we'll drop too many silly points as we've seen already this season. So, like, what are we four points, three points off Aberdeen or something? And four. Yeah. So, like, we're not a million miles away, but the way it's been going at the moment, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they'd need some January window, like, they're bad. <laughs> well, they were really poor. Harry, and, and they still just about got a point, which sums it right <laughs> up. Um, I, I kind of sounds really stupid, especially after how negative I've been. Um, I think Hibs win the next three league games. Um, I, I think that Dundee United at home is a good time to play them. I, I think they're still kind of finding their feet under the new manager, even though they have played a bit better. But I just don't think the Easter Road's a place for them to win. I think Aberdeen are still bad enough away from home. We win that. And I think Ross County look absolute garbage. Um, so I think we'll beat them. I, I don't. I don't think. I think we'll draw at best at, against Hearts at Easter Road. I don't want to see what the result will be away. Um, but I think Hibs will avoid relegation by the time we've won those three games, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, kinda I agree with Harry there on what you said. I'd love to see us go on a, a run over the next three games and put some points on the board. It would make everything look a, a, a bit tastier and a bit more likely to be a top six finish for us. Uh, that's where I'm at. Right, couple couple just quick ones, just uh, let's go through them quickly, maybe a bit funner. Uh Luke Cunningham, any superstitions for Hibs games? Uh me, no, not personally. And uh, none none for me. Uh, none for me. Yeah, just uh, need to make sure that Shagger's got cans in the back of the car. <laughs> eh? so it makes for a, an eventful afternoon, like some boy, man, some boy. Ah, um, I know, I know. I've not got suspicions, but um, if I like suspicions, suspicions. <laughs> oh, what superstition? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> um, I used to. What you got? Anytime I wear a. I get my Hibs clothing at a Hibs game and they lose. I, I won't wear it again. I've no worn a scarf since five one. If, if I wear a Hibs top and we lose whilst I'm at the game and I'm wearing that top, I'll know where the top to a Hibs game again. <laughs> you must go for some power of Hibs stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I'll, I'll keep the top and I'll wear it in my like, day-to-day and that, but I'll just know where it against Easter Road or whatever. Right, okay. Uh, and then the last one, and this could be a maybe I've seen as a lot. Oh, sorry, there's two more. How can we swap the Henderson brothers from uh, Neil Henderson? Um, a lot of bribery. <laughs> No, look, it's don't want to pile in on you and Henderson, but Liam Henderson seems to be doing pretty pretty well out in Italy, going under the radar. As he seems to have went under the radar the full time he's been out there, but in terms of those that are pulling up trees, I wonder if it's because he's playing for a wee bit more of a provincial club as opposed to one of the bigger hitters in the league. I mean, Lewis Ferguson's getting a lot of attention at the minute. Obviously, Aaron Hickey in the past and Josh Doy. Uh, play aren't a massive club in terms of success there, so I wonder if it's kind of because of who he's playing for. But he has been very good whilst he's been out there. They need to, what do you call it, get you and Henderson doing boxing or something. Like they, they need him to just take contact because he genuinely, I think the main problem is he just looks scared. Any time he's on the ball, he looks like he just wants to be off it. And then there was a point yesterday, he was running down the wing, and we all thought, come on, this is your chance to do something. And he literally shied away from the ball as soon as the boy slide tackled him. I've, I, like, I, I, I'm not trying to dig him. I think it's a confidence. That I, I still think there's a player there, even if he is playing badly. But um, I just, I've never seen a boy look scared on a football pitch until Ewan Henderson yesterday. He literally looked horrified. It's a shame. He needs a mentality shift pronto. Right. Last question uh, for now, anyway. Archie Meldrum, 75. It's on the direct and football subject Greg you obviously brought up earlier. Uh, who would you have ideally as direct to the football? Heard that John Park could be our man. There seems to be a lot of rumours kicking about about John Park. Um, I'll just go first and say, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know. John Park would probably tick quite a few boxes. Um, but... It should be a very rigorous process and ultimately the best candidate 
gets the job. Um, but John Park, Greg, is that someone that would, you know, is that one you go, aye, okay? Well, I know he knows the Scottish game. Um, he's been around the Scottish game at a few clubs, so he, he knows what it's all about. He's experienced. He's like he's probably got loads of contacts in the game. I think he probably ticks a lot of the boxes. Um, and and I would absolutely one hundred percent want someone that knows the Scottish game to come in, um, and do that job. I certainly wouldn't want anyone from the city group or whatever to come in. Uh, with no Scottish football knowledge and, and take up that post so for me it would have to be someone with experience in the game and he's got a lot of that um, especially in Scotland so yeah I'd be more than happy with him Harry Ryan any any particular names um, maybe spring to mind for you or a, a couple in the pipeline for me um, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen now because he's back in management but people had floated the idea of Tony Mowbray at the start of the season I think the recruitment when he was here was really good um, Gordon Strachan's a name that's been named like, that made of... an absolute riot <laughs> I know, I know uh, but obviously it's, it's a lot it's a lot different spheres that he'd be working in me, he hired um, another McGee. person pardon? he hired Mark McGee um, but anyway, one one more person. Uh, just I'm just going to say this now because the question's not going to come up. One person I'd love to be affiliated with our clubs, Alan Burrows at Motherwell. Um, we were chatting about it in the group chat the other day. Um, he just seems like a top guy. The stuff that Motherwell are doing off the pitch, in my opinion, supersedes every other club in the country. Um, they're a well-run club, and I think that that ends up always filtering onto the pitch somehow. Um, so Alan Burrows, come get poached, son. On you come. Go on. Ryan, quickly, anyone, anyone for you? Since hearing uh, John Park's name, I'm 100% invested in uh, in what he could bring to the club. I I'm not really interested in any other names that have been bandied about at the minute. Uh, as Greg says, especially somebody from the City groups that is going to treat it like it's uh, almost a project because I don't think we've got the backing or the funds that these other clubs have to be able to do that. John Park's got a great resume, good CV, good, uh, good history with the club itself. I think uh, he's... he's more than proved himself when it comes to spotting talent. Um, yeah, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with him. Mm. I think as well he's been a scout at big clubs. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and obviously a scouting department. There's a lot to be desired. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey. Let's move ahead to the Motherwell, eh, Motherwell, sorry, eh, Dundee United game. So, we are back at home, ultimately. Um, a place that we've not won it for a while. St. Mirren at home. Harry, what do we need to see from the high What? Was it no We, we won our last home oh, game. Oh, mate, I'm talking. Oh, no, no, I won before that. Sorry, we beat Levy. Sorry, aye, sorry, my bad. Apologies. Anyway, what do we need to do to continue this winning run? Um, we need I'll to keep you. on. We need to keep getting bodies in the box. Um, it's, it's something they'll get Kevin Nisbet in the box. I guess one thing that I found really frustrating, especially at the start of the game yesterday, is we were we had our players doing well on the wing like McGeady and Yuan, and then there was nobody in the box from Tema. I don't know if it's instructions or whatever, but as soon as we had Kyle Nis Kevin Nisbet, sorry, in the box, he was scoring goals. Like mm -hmm. the thing is, from there's no point in playing with wide players if you're not going to pile bodies in for when you cross the ball. It's something we've been saying for years. Like, what's the point in relentlessly crossing if there's nobody on the end of it? Like, Cadden gets pelters for his crossing <clears> not being good enough. He puts good balls in, but there's nobody there to attack it. Like, 
get bodies forward, get bodies in the box and actually attack a team. This Dundee United team aren't very good. That's why they're sitting second bottom of the league. Just mm. attack the bastards. Ryan, Dundee United at home, what are you expecting for the Ibis? Yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to see a convincing win, given that we've given ourselves a little bit of a platform now. Um, we're on three all away from home. I don't expect to see many changes to the team or, or the way that we play. I just hope that you know we can go out there with a bit of confidence and keep possession for longer spells and, and look less shit at the back when it comes to crosses and set pieces. I, I would not mind seeing Joe Newell dropped at the team for a bit, but I can't see it happening. I just don't think he gives us anything at the minute other than giving away a lot of fouls. I, 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 I'm not normally a Joe Newell defender, but I actually thought defensively he was quite sound yesterday. I thought it was one of his better performances. Uh, off the I know, but he, he finds himself on the ball a lot of the time and he's got the opportunity to make a progressive pass and he chooses to go backwards or sideways, especially when we're transitioning. But it slows everything down. But, yeah, maybe, he maybe does have a purpose, eh? I don't know. The only memory I have of Joe Newell yesterday is, or two, first half he played an absolute like 60-yard raker right on Ellie Yuan's foot. Another one, getting his weekly pointless fucking booking late on. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> so, he couldn't control the football. But by sitting beside your lot, Harry, and behind me and Ryan, um, said, how the fuck's he not had a suspension yet this season? <laughs> 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 I was he probably had three yellow cards this season. What? Three yellow cards this season. No. I'm not even joking. No, no she so, no, so when, when I got booked, it came up three. I don't know how he's managed that. Jesus. Well, we all have a tangent. Um, I've, I, like, I'm, I'm not endorsing gambling or encouraging anyone to do so. But I've seen a new market that's got popular, like fouls per game. Surely you could stick John Mullen wow. for like three fouls per game and just make absolute bank because the odds on it were saucy. Like. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's start so a syndicate. Take ten <laughs> on it every week and see how it goes. Oh God, hey, that's wild, Greg. That's, that's really thrown me. That's yeah, no, it, came, it came up with three. Very surprised. <laughs> what have you said? I mean, that? to be fair, Brooklyn stupid. Nah, it wasn't like, all because he couldn't control it. Uh, confident before Saturday, Greg. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> Slightly no, more confident. Slightly more confident uh, than Motherwell. Slightly. Um, I watched on the United yesterday. I thought they were all uh, They were very much uh, going through the motions in the game, shall we say. They didn't really affect the game at all. Happy to get beat um, uh, It looked like it, but then again, this is this is him. So, um, if, we can, if we can try and defend some cross balls, then we should be okay. But I don't know. I just feel like every time a ball goes in the box, the defenders are, are worried. They look concerned. I mean, we didn't even, for the second goal, yes, we, we didn't even engage the first ball. Van Veen was able to take it down and, and, and Hanlon didn't go and engage him or try and win the ball. He was happy to stand a couple of yards off him, which to me is unacceptable. And then Terry gets a shot away. So I think we, we need to be more aggressive when balls are coming in the box. I think going forward, we look okay. Um, we looked okay, yes. I think McGeady added a bit. Yuan added a bit. And there's a bit in the box to, to score goals. So, look, I think if, if we can defend properly, we'll be okay. But that is the big if. Aye. Because we've seen it all season where we just seem to get if we, if we can keep Nisbet, McGinnis, 
McGee, Yuan, unfortunately, looks like Kukarevich is going to be out for a period of time again, or an extended period. He never even came back, really, did he? Um, and, you know, even like someone like Josh Campbell as well, then I think we've got more than enough in that team to to, to score goals against the lesser teams in the league, if you, if you, if you, if you want on that. You know, maybe out with your... Celtic Rangers, Hearts, Aberdeens. I think we've got enough in the team to take care of the games that we should win. You know, maybe if you were to go back to Jack Ross, the games that we were winning under him. Um, but the worry for me does come. You look at that bench yesterday. I'm like, I don't see goals on that. Unfortunately, we, you know, I know McCurdy and Melkerson are on there, but don't see goals. But I think the start starting eleven right now is strong enough, and I'm pretty confident of three points on Saturday. Um, Harry, can I get a score prediction? It's, even, even though I think we'll win, it's, it's not like out of a confidence thing. I think just by the way Johnson seems to be, like even at the start of the season, we all thought we were really shit and we went on that, like, was it four game, five game win streak four at games. one point? Four games. Four right. games. Uh, I, just, I just think we're going to do something similar. So I don't think it's going to be overly glamorous. I'd say 2 1 hips. Right. Arse clenching 2 1. Meg. Sweaty Dundee United Alamo for 45 minutes, 2 1. Hibs. <laughs> 2 1 Hibs, aye, but it's going to be like the Alamo, like proper <laughs> name, just launching balls in. I'm going to buck the trend. I'm going to say Hibs are going to keep a clean sheet. And it's going to be 2 0, but it's going to be against 10 men, so it won't count. <laughs> um, and then look, we're just going to wrap up now on one final question that's been sent in just nicely for Greg. He doesn't care, Greg, if he asks other podcasts. I'm not answering it. <laughs> Harry, what do you have for your tea? Um, I'm just out of London. I've not actually done a food shop yet. So, John, I'd, I can confirm with you. But one, one thing is, John supposedly was sat near us yesterday and he said for a laugh he was going to walk up to us and ask us what we're, what we're having for dinner. And that would have made my day. That would have been so funny. Uh, uh, Why did he not do it? John, next time. We're not intimidating our way. I had also just Harry. I seen someone tweeted it, and they must have deleted it straight away. So I don't know if they thought maybe it wasn't you. It was Tom McManus. It was uh, (laughs) 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 It was like just just out of curiosity. Does Harry Harry like Liam Kelly? (laughs) Mate, I got two DMs from different people just saying fuck fuck Kelly. Um, (laughs) Just just for context, um, when I when I go like I, I see football as my way to get my stresses out, so I'll just pick a target on the opposition team to like just non-stop abuse the whole game and I, I was actual buckled because I started every single time Kelly got on the ball I was just shouting abuse then at some point I just started booing and by like the fifth time he touched the ball the whole crowd was just booing Liam Kelly yeah, for no right. reason <laughs> oh, like, that, is, that is peak that is peak right. sensation right. so we've got 3-2-1s a 2 now. Harry's no kidding what he's having for dinner Ryan hey, I'm having barbecue pulled pork to, tonight Yep, it's going to be good. It's going to be tasty. Very nice. I yep. just got made for me right before we came on here. Um, Lauren called it chicken pizza, but she butterflied the chicken, covered it in like marinara sauce, a little bit of salami, mozzarella, made a rain potato wedges. It was fucking outstanding. A little bit of corn. She's seen it on TikTok though, didn't she? No, I mean, she's 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 been, she says she's been making it for years, so... Uh, that sounds a TikTok one. I give a fuck, but it works for me. Well, she's playing <laughs> goals, Ryan. Just to give everybody context, Ewan's definitely punching too. 
I'm happy to admit that one, my man. I'm happy. To admit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one, brother. I'm not the only one. Hey, hey. <laughs> right. We'll be back on uh, next Monday um, after Dundee United. Ahead, oh fuck! Ahead of another derby, isn't it? That's coming quick, isn't it? Jesus. Coming in quick, isn't it? Just under two weeks away. Hopefully, we'll have some more transfer activity, probably incomings and outgoings by that time as well. So, like I say, we'll be back next week on the back of another fingers crossed three points for the Highbies. Cheers. Goodbye. <laughs>